I think there's often the perception that living package for your lower waste lifestyle is more expensive, but it doesn't have to be. As this desire on the consumers and to do better and want to make different choices as we push our government and our businesses, um, I hope that it will catch on. Ultimately, it's just better for us if this becomes more mainstream than when somebody walks into our store, it's not as foreign as a concept to them. Welcome to the SHEO.world podcast, where you will meet women who are transforming the world to be more equitable and sustainable. Your host for today's podcast is Hannah, SHEO Venture in Residence. Welcome to SHEO.world. I am so excited to be talking to the one and only Kate of Tear Shop, who is a SHEO Canadian Venture this year. Welcome in. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. This is so fun. So I love your model, but I really want to know, how did you get there? Like, tell everybody what, what it is. So the Tear Shop is Nova Scotia's first package-free bulk store, coffee shop, and community hub. So you can get all of your bulk items, your flowers, nuts, seeds, shampoos, conditioners, olive oils, et cetera, but without the plastic packaging or without packaging. So folks bring in their own containers. We let people fill up any kind of container that they want. It can be a glass jar, plastic bag, paper bag, as long as it's clean and empty, uh, people are able to refill it. And we weigh the containers um, when they bring them in and then reweigh them at the checkout. And that's actually the definition of tear, the deduction of the container weight. Fun fact. Oh! <laughs> yeah Suddenly, I was you know I did I was like why did why did she call it that I have no idea yeah <laughs> is that piece yeah I was home visiting my parents and my sister was also home and my mom my sister and I were all lying in my bed trying to brainstorming ideas and names and that's that's where we came up with the name <laughs> so you're all lying in bed and that's how you came up with the name but why did you want to start a shop like this yeah, so I grew up in Toronto, on Toronto Island, um, which was a really special place to grow up. I grew up yeah. running around on the beaches, playing in the woods. Our school on the island didn't have a playground until I was in grade six. Um, so our playground was literally just a field with trees. So we would build forts and it was so much fun. Um, and spending a lot of time outdoors on the beaches on Lake Ontario, I always saw a ton of garbage and I would always see, like, for example, tons of plastic tampon applicators and not understanding wow. things when I was a kid being like, oh, there's like a lot of women on boats with periods, not connecting that garbage on the beaches in the oceans, wherever you are, doesn't come from the water. It comes from land. So there's always yeah. that disconnect. Um, and so I've always cared about the environment. I've always been, I've always loved the outdoors. Um, and I came out to go to Dalhousie in Halifax in 2011 to study the sustainability program. Um, and I ended up doing a double major in sustainability, environmental science, um, and I minor in marine biology. And Whoa. that definitely, it was a lot. I had like no electives. <laughs> but I, I was like, did you see years. anybody during that time? <laughs> I did. I also worked, I did it over five years. It was fun. A lot of my courses also like overlapped with each other. So it wasn't like I was learning completely different material for each course, which made it a bit easier maybe. Um, but through that, I really, I learned so much, but it felt like the focus of my degree was 
all of the ways that we are harming the environment without much action or like here's what we can do here's how people are creating change um so i was pretty depressed and overwhelmed after graduating also being a young adult entering the world not really knowing what i could do how i can make a difference and um, so i started a website that's no longer running called Our Positive Planet. And it was a platform to share environmental success stories. When I read about other people doing inspiring things, that's what really gets me going. Whereas if I just hear the doom and gloom narrative all the time, I just wanna like bury my head in the sand, turn on Netflix, ignore life completely. Um, so through that, I fell into the zero waste movement or the low waste movement, package free movement um, and started making steps in my own life to reduce my plastic consumption. And it was so hard to do. There was nowhere that made it easy. There was nowhere that made it accessible. Um, I was largely, mostly unemployed. Um, I taught sailing in the summers, but in the winters, I was mostly unemployed. So I spent time, a lot of, I had a lot of time to run around and try to get everything I needed without the plastic packaging. Um, but that's kind of where the idea for the tear shop came to fruition. And I spent a long, like a year thinking about the business plan and then being like, who, am I to start a business? I don't know how to run a business. I've never worked at a bulk store or a coffee shop. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I, so I spent a lot of time like doubting myself, um, questioning my dreams. And then after talking to other people who own businesses, realized that a lot of other business owners don't have a ba business background. There's ding, ding, a lot ding. of, <laughs> exactly. There's so much learning on the job, learning as you go, making mistakes, figuring it out. Um, so eventually switched that to why not me? Um, if I wasn't going to do it, somebody else was going to do it. And um, so I made the decision and I announced the business in January of 2018. And for me, that was like, okay, once it's out there, I can't go back. Um, that's definitely like not in my nature to like put something out there and then not follow through. Um, so I announced the business in January of 2018 with the goal to open in the fall of 2018. And we opened October 2018. And just this past January, we opened a second location in downtown Dartmouth. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, that's quite the journey to get there. And it is so true that I love, I love that piece where entrepreneurs sit there and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I usually have a background in this and this and this, and it's, mm -hmm. and then I will also go to the flip side. Cause I've worked a long time in the entrepreneur community where there's a whole bunch of people that go to school for business and they never use that and go into business, or they usually just make really good management people, but not necessarily right. the founders of the business because founders are usually saying, Hey, this is a problem and I am innovative and creative and I'm passionate about this issue, especially mm -hmm. in the work that we're all doing. And so I want to fix it. And, right. and so I actually say that we're not entrepreneurs. That's not really even a title in a business. Even I use the word all the time. <laughs> That's my disclaimer. I use entrepreneur all the time, but I also have this thing of like, we're not actually entrepreneurs. We are creators. We're innovators. We're makers. We're, you know, we're environmentalists. We're, you know, mm -hmm. like we are those. And we use entrepreneurship as a tool to get our solution out in the world because we could use other solutions. We're just choosing to use this vehicle because maybe totally. that's the best way to do it. Right. I love that. I love that way of thinking it. Yeah. Like an entrepreneur isn't some, it doesn't have to be somebody who has that big business background and tons of experience, but 
somebody who has that passion and that drive and that desire to create change. And you have that passion and desire. (laughs) And now you have this shop in Halifax, which by the way, is like one of my favorite places in the world. I lived there for only six months way back in the day. Um, but also not a huge market. So I really want to talk about this, like not a huge market. I don't know how Mm -hmm. environmental they are. So have you, have you had issues or uh, just any challenges with, with the model and introducing it into that sector? What did that look like for you? Honestly, with the first shop. Um, so I announced the business in January and I think within a week I had 500 followers on Instagram Um, and my like inbox DMS were flooded with people messaging me being like, I've also have been trying to shop this way. And it was just so hard. So I feel like there's a lot of different people trying to live this way. Also, there just wasn't anywhere to do it and no community around this way of living and this way of shopping. Um, so instantly was, has like blown away by the support. Um, and so for doing up my cash flow projections to get loans um, in the beginning, like the sales were double what I thought that they would be. Um, and I think there was just so many people who were wanting to shop this way, but it just wasn't easy. So they weren't shopping this way. Um, I like expected my target market to be like younger woman. Um, and that was primarily at the beginning who our target market was, but there was also a huge jump to like 60 plus year olds coming in and being like, this is how we used to shop. This is how it used to be. I am so excited to be able to shop this way again. So that was really unexpected. Um, and as we've grown, we've seen that gap kind of fill in with, with the other ages. Oh, you hit on something. This is the way we used to shop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, think about that evolution for them, that that was the way and it was package free and all of this and then went to complete packaging, which also so interesting. They're like, I didn't want that, but that's what's available now. And this is what I want to do. Absolutely. And if you can't buy cheese that's not in plastic or if you can't buy rice or lentils, beans, whatever it is that you're buying that's not in plastic, obviously you're not going to be able to live a low waste lifestyle. So I think we, yeah, we've just gone, we think we've moved so far ahead. We think we've progressed so much, but I think we've just done so much harm and we need to move back (laughs) so much harm. Yeah. We need to revert back to how things used to be in a lot of ways. Obviously plastic has its time and place. And one thing that I always make sure to emphasize is that I like never judge you. Like if I have a friend who's drinking out of a plastic water bottle, it's not my plate. Like you do you, I do me, we'll get there. Who knows? Like, like even in Canada, we'd have communities uh, that don't have clean drinking water. So obviously they have to get their drinking water in a plastic bottle and we shouldn't shame anybody. You don't know what their situation is. Um, So yeah, like there's no judgment. You do you, I'll do me. And you do what you can where you can. I'll do what I can where I can. And we'll get there. And we're all just doing the best we can. Yeah. And what's your view on that, right? Because I feel like sometimes there's a huge push on the consumer to be like, you need to be zero waste and really look at your whole lifestyle. When we all know there's like probably top 10 polluters that are companies in the world that if they just change what they were doing, would also to actually those top 10 companies, if they changed what they were doing, they would also change the way they were packaging and everything else in their model. And it, and it could literally change the world. 
Absolutely. I think it's, I don't know if we're allowed to swear, but it's such bullshit that you it's swear all, all you of want. it. We're <laughs> right. angry. As long as there's a reason. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It's such bullshit that all of the blame and the responsibility is pushed onto the consumer um, when really it's the producers, it's the manufacturers, it's the big companies that can take ownership. Um, for what they're doing and create change. There's a big um, supermarket chain in England or in the UK called Iceland Food, I'm 90% sure. And they basically went to all of their suppliers and they were like, get us your stuff package free or we'll find it elsewhere. And they gave them a deadline. So I think, yeah, as business owners, like, and this is what I'm doing, making the choice to not operate in a way that's harmful Um, And being really mindful about everything that we do and try to be super inclusive and aware and accessible um, to the community we're in. What do you see in this industry in the next five years then or 10 years, however far you want to look out? You know, we're seeing, we know that we had, you know, Nada is another package free grocery Mm -hmm. store at CEO that's on the other coast in Canada and the West Coast. Yeah, coast to coast. We got that now. And, and now we have to fill in the middle, but you know, there is a movement there, but how do you see your own growth and what do you see in the industry? I think that this way of shopping is, I hope it just becomes more and more affordable and accessible. Um, so in our pricing model, we try to keep everything as affordable as we can while still surviving and paying bills and paying our staff. Um, And I think there's often the perception that living package for your lower waste lifestyle is more expensive, but it doesn't have to be. So I think as this desire on the consumers and to do better and want to make different choices as we push our government and our businesses, um, I hope that it will catch on and it will be in big supermarkets. Um, One of the first couple months we were open, um, I wasn't actually at the store at the time, but a bunch of like business people in suits and clipboards came into the store. The staff had no idea what to do. And they were all like executives from Sobeys, a big grocery store yep. here coming in because they had heard about us and wanted to see how we were doing things and what we were doing. Um, so like pretty crazy that we caught the attention of such a big um such a big company Um, and they ended up I believe they did end up expanding their bulk selection right now I don't think they are because of COVID Um, but it was pretty cool to see that Um, so I hope that other grocery stores will want to start offering um, some products package free and give people the choice You know, this is what I love about when we start to look at models that have deep social impact that are working on the environment where all of us who have these businesses go, well, we want to see our competitors do better. (laughs) Like, (laughs) because, you know, the old model of entrepreneurship is like, well, what happens if your competitor comes into your store and rips off all your ideas? And, you know, like what if a Sobeys or Safeways, whatever the big grocery store is, switches to your model, does that take you out? And, and, and your response is like, actually, this is what we need to happen. Like if we're involved in social change, there's a point where business and social change <laughs> come to heads, right? Absolutely. Of like, what, what's your value? Where are you going to do that? And so I love that you're just like, well, I want the big grocery stores. I had a little part of me where I was like, did Sobeys pay you or give you any heads up of coming in? Because I also think that's no, so ridiculous. They did not. 
<laughs> absolutely not they never even reached out <laughs> afterwards but <laughs> yeah yeah old school yeah. business models we'll just go in totally rip everything off and find our yeah. way like so clearly not a customer <laughs> also did they not even try to buy anything i they might have gotten a coffee i don't know though i don't know oh, no they really should have <laughs> I'm calling you out, Sobeys. You should yeah. have bought a lot of stuff out of there if you're going to go in and survey. Yeah. Survey, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Ultimately, it's just better for us if this becomes more mainstream than when somebody walks into our store. It's not as foreign as a concept to them. Because I definitely do recognize we get a lot of people walking in and like our store is also like very pretty. We have everything in glass jars instead of the bulk bins for a couple of different reasons, but it can be intimidating to like walk into a beautiful store with hundreds of glass jars of product. And you're like, I don't even wow. know where to go, how to start. Um, so yeah, big piece of our business and what the staff does is that education piece, explaining, walking people through how it works, reminding our regulars how things work, um, educating the community on the how and the why of the business. Yeah, it's a big part, I think, of any of these types mm -hmm. of models is actually ends up being education because we're doing new things in a new way. And so education is really the marketing of it all a lot yeah. of times too, and, and the impact of, of what you're having. Where do you see Tear Shop, you know, like you're you've already expanded. You, you already have two stores, which in a small market is really exceptional. Where do yeah. you see yourself going and, and moving into the future? I would love to have more stores. Um, I've gotten so many requests to, since before we opened to open stores in different locations in Nova Scotia, Canada and beyond. Um, so would love to explore what that could look like. Um, yeah, I just see so much potential in the business and my team. Um, and yeah, just really want to make package-free shopping accessible and affordable to as many people as I can. Mm, I love it. I'm moving to Montreal soon. I would like to have, that's pretty close to Halifax. Let's Street try there next. Yeah. I would like to have a package-free grocery store, especially CEO. Uh, so, so, fun. <laughs> so, so important. So important. Yeah. Uh, do you have an ask for the CEO community or to the listeners, or maybe even a little bit of advice on package free? Hmm. Yeah. Maybe my give would be some advice. Um, mm -hmm. my like advice is always to start small. Um, so if you open your pantry and you're just like, oh my gosh, literally everything yes. is in plastic. Like that's yes. okay as you run out of things then that's like an opportunity if you have a bulk store in your um in your area there's the opportunity to replace as you run out um also if you just have no idea where to start what i always recommend is folks like keep a waste log or a trash jar for a month or a week or so because all of our garbage cans are like a solid color with a lid and you throw something in it and you close the lid and you never think about it. So even understanding what type of garbage you're creating or waste you're creating is so hard because you don't see it and you're so disconnected from it. So even just by understanding what you're creating from there, you can make steps to cut out what you can, where you can. So yeah, start small, be kind to yourself. Um, and my ask is go follow us on Instagram at the tear shop. Yes. Uh, love all of that. And I want to say 
algorithms are not nice so to not nice. women <laughs> yeah to women uh at all and 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 gender non-conforming and anyone that's really sitting on margins and so on and we've been discovering that mm-hmm. and the best way you know honestly go and follow and like and be on social media and when you see them posting things even a little fire emoji is a comment in their algorithm which pushes us up and we need to start doing that i, I forget what the stat is but it was like very low that i think women's names appear in media like something like three percent mm. of the time like they don't even use the names and all of these pieces and so Wild. I, you know, for anyone that's listening, the things that you love and the women-led businesses and, and Shio Ventures, like get on there, follow, interact, throw the emoji. You don't have to comment a lot, but when you do that kind of stuff, this, that's the only way to trip out the algorithms. And Absolutely. this kind of, this kind of information is what we need out there. I don't need to know about another pizza drone. There's like a drone delivery pizza thing that, you know, will get funded for a hundred million. Yet we have these incredible women working on the world's to-do list in environmental pieces. That's the stuff we should be seeing. And so absolutely, I, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, so inspiring. And I, I, I love the model. It's actually something I feel the same way. Like if this was easy and accessible, I would be shopping this way and there isn't in my area. And uh, so right now I have to live in one of the coasts, you know, exactly. either Nada or you <laughs> and we, and we go from there. So, yeah. Yeah. So how do they, so they follow you on Instagram and check out, check you out where, what's your website? Uh, the tear shop.com. Yeah. And you can sign up for our newsletter as well. We do e newsletters, put some fun ebooks and like fun activities you can do with your kids or recipes. Yeah. Check us out. Perfect. And thank you for making it guilt-free, right? Like start where you are. I love when I hear that because a lot of times you'll hear in these industries, like you got to do all these things and, and there's this and, and it has to look Instagram pretty. And it's like, no, just show up where you are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, just show up. Just try. Yeah. We all make mistakes. We all get judged way too often, way too many things. We all feel too many guilt about too many things. Just to show up, just do your best. Mm, Amazing. Thank you, Kate, Terror Shop. Check it out until next time. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you for listening to the Shio.world podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women at Shio.world.